part three today is be faithful with little. Be faithful with little. David spent years taking care of another man's animals at a minimum wage position in the wilderness where nobody was there to tell him how good he was doing. He wasn't getting any kind of awards. No one was high-fiving him. No one was sending him letters of how proud they were of him. Then David's father, who rejected him in front of all of his brothers, asked him to take some food to his siblings, the same ones that have been mean to him and were trying to pick a fight with him. And David said, yes, sir. And he submitted to that authority and did exactly what he was told. Whenever um, he found out he was going to go take his brother some food, he decided to find another shepherd. He woke up early and found someone to watch after the sheep because that was his position. Whether he was a volunteer or making a minimum wage, that was his responsibility. And he wanted to make sure they were taken care of. And so he had excellence in the very, very small things. All this time, David knew God told him he was going to be king over Israel. So David could have thought, why in the world do I got to listen to a man who's been mean to me and rejected me just because he's my father? Why in the world do I got to find somebody to take care of these sheep when I'm gone? It's just a bunch of animals. Why in the world do I got to go take my brother some food after they've made fun of me? I should not be here. I should be in the kingdom preparing to be king one day. But David knew a secret found in Matthew 25, 23, and that is this. Because you've been faithful with little, I will put you in charge of much. If anyone in here today has been given much without first being faithful with little, that promotion did not come from God. It is unbiblical, it is ungodly, it is unwise, and if I dare say it is actually evil because it's the opposite of God's word, for any of us to be put in charge of much without first being faithful in the little areas. Do not despise the small things. Don't think they're insignificant just because they're little. Anytime you're asked to do something small, you should praise God and do a hallelujah dance because that small thing is the very thing God uses to promote you to do the big things in life. When God has something big for us, he always starts with something small. If you can't forgive a little offense where you're at right now, you cannot be CEO of that company because the more popular you are, the bigger haters you have. You won't be able to handle that. If you can't take out the trash with a good attitude right now when you're asked to do it by your authority figure or your boss or whoever's over you, if you can't do that with a good attitude, you will never have a good attitude when you're asked to do something big. How dare we think that we deserve much when we have not been faithful in the little areas? How dare we think that we can be trusted with more and we should be given a lot more money or a lot more responsibility or a bigger promotion if we can't do what we're already asked to do with a good attitude, with excellence. If you can't be on time for work now, do you really think you're going to be on time if they give you a promotion? If you can't tithe the income you make now, do you think God's going to give you more to be unfaithful with? Think about how unbiblical that is. God, I want more. I want blessings. I want promotion. I haven't been faithful with what you've already given me. So, hey, give me more to be unfaithful with. That's totally unbiblical. Zechariah 4.10 says, does anybody dare despise the day of small beginnings? We have to prove to God that we will be faithful in the wilderness with sheep before he will ever allow us to have our promised land. We have to be faithful with the things that seem insignificant. They seem unimportant. They seem like it's not that big of a deal, and the truth is they are little things, but it's the little thing that you're faithful with that will give you the big thing God wants to do in your life. 
Being faithful with the little is the foundation that is created for the much. Um, You might not realize this, but you're anointed to do small things. Now listen, if I said, hey, how many of y'all are anointed to defeat the Goliaths in your life? We'd all be like, yeah, we can defeat Goliath. God's on our side. He's got our back. We can do the big things. Well, if you think in your head you're anointed to defeat Goliath, how much more should you think in your head that you are anointed to do the things that are so insignificant seeming behind the scenes where nobody's there? You're anointed to make your bed in the morning. You're anointed to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, to your elders. You're anointed to get to school on time. You might not even realize this. You're, if you're the, if the water boy, you, you say, well, if I was the quarterback, then I would really do it. If you can't be the water boy and be faithful, how dare anybody put you in a more position of authority above that? We are anointed to do the little things. If you have one person in your short group, you should do the jig and thank God because that one person that you pour into is a little thing, but it's the small things when we're faithful with those, God says, okay, because you've been faithful with little, now I can trust you with much. Now I can give you more. David did not despise the day of small beginnings. David knew, yes, I'm anointed to be king, but right now I'm anointed to take care of the sheep. See, um, David, when he, when he faced Goliath, he won the battle, became an instant hero overnight. But in reality, it didn't happen overnight. In reality, it happened because of years behind the scenes with the things that were so small. And I want you to think about this. David was faithful as a shepherd. When his dad said, take your brother's food, he said, yes, sir. Do you know how many times people have a problem with their authority figure because they don't like the authority or they disagree with the authority and they think that gives them the right to disobey the authority? When God's put that authority in your life and he allowed it there, David said, yes, sir, I'll do that. He had excellence and woke up early, took care of the sheep. And do you know that David would have never met Goliath ever if he had not obeyed in the small areas? I wonder how many people God went to and said, I got a big thing I need you to do. It's big. It's a Goliath and you're going to be an instant hero and great things are going to happen and the whole country's going to sing your praises. I need somebody to do something big. And everybody's like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And God said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's look at the small things. Who in here has been faithful with the little bitty sheep? Who in here had submitted to authority when that person was treating them wrong? Who in here made sure that they were covered when they couldn't be at that particular place? Who here was faithful with the little things and then all the hands go down? And then there's David sitting there and God said, okay, you're ready for the big thing. Um, I read about this particular plant called Chinese bamboo. And uh, the way Chinese bamboo works is when you plant it, you give it water, fertilizer, and sun. And for the first five years, that Chinese bamboo grows four inches tall. Four inches in five years. Even though you water it, you give it fertilizer, it's in the sun, it seems like it's getting everything. But four inches above ground, that's like a millimeter every few months, okay? What you don't see is underneath the ground during those four years, the root system of this Chinese bamboo is developing this massive root. It's just going as far down as it can go, as far out as it can possibly go. Then in the sixth year, the sixth year, after five years and four inches, in the sixth year, it all of a sudden shoots up 80 feet in the air. 80 feet. You got to like chop it and cut it if you don't want it to get 80 feet in the air. Why? How is it able to do that? It's because under the ground where nobody saw He was developing the foundation that it needed. If God had shot that thing up 80 feet the first year, it would have fallen over and died and lost all of its roots because it didn't have what it took underneath. 
to sustain what God wanted to do on top for everybody to see. Our problem in life is this. We want six-year results without the five years of preparation. We want God to give us the sixth year when we're shooting up and all these great things are happening, but we don't want to do what it takes underneath the ground where nobody sees, where God sees. We don't want to prepare for that. We complain when it's something little. Listen, every time you forgive a little offense, your root system shot out. Every time you tithe your income, your roots, whoo. Every time you do what you're told with a good attitude, whoo. Every time you're asked to do something small and you want to do something big, but you put a smile on your face and you do the best possible small thing you can do, whoo, your roots go down. And then one day when you least expect it and you thought all this time no one was paying attention to you, you've been in the shepherd's fields, nobody even knows your name, then all of a sudden, whoo, 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 these roots have gone down all over the place and you look up one day and God has shot you 80 feet in the air. And you think, wow, I can't believe God did this in just the past few months. It wasn't the past few months. It was the years and years and years behind the scenes that was able to sustain, that was able to create the foundation that you needed. We all want to be the quarterback or the head cheerleader or the CEO or have our name on the building. Everybody, you know, they want to preach or they want to do, do this great thing for God here. Or they they want to be able to take in millions of dollars so they can bless people. But if you can't bless people with the $10 an hour you're making now, if you can't honor God with the position you have at school right now, you think nobody's paying attention to me. God's paying attention. And God's the one that promotes. Listen, your friends can't promote you. The coach doesn't promote you. The teacher doesn't promote you. The boss doesn't promote you. God promotes and all this time we think nobody's looking, God's looking. And he's not looking at what's going on on top of the ground. He's always looking at what's going on underneath. Don't always look for the most prestigious position. It's like we're, we're so position-oriented. I want to get to this position. I want to be able to have this and do this. And we should be looking at what can I do with what God's already entrusted me with. It says in Luke 6, 12, if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who's going to give you what is your own? If you can't pay rent at the apartment you're renting, how is God going to give you a house? You're not going to be able to pay that. If you can't keep your old car clean right now that God's giving you, you think he's going to give you a new car? If you can't have a good attitude at whatever job you have now, you aren't going to have a good attitude when you have more. If you can't be faithful with the little thing God's trusted you with, how dare he give us much? Non-achievers, they want to do the minimum amount of work, but they always want the maximum amount of rewards. <laughs> it's so interesting. People that always desire the maximum, I want to be needed, I want to be blessed, I want to be used by God, all this kind of thing. They, all, they never want to do the work that's actually required for that to take place. When you see somebody who's blessed... When you see somebody who's prospering in an area that you want to be in, when you see somebody with a healthy marriage, when you see somebody that's successful in business, it doesn't matter if they're a Christian. I don't care if they're red, white, black, and yellow. I don't care if you like them or hate them. When you see someone in that position, rest assured, they went through a bunch of crap behind the scenes that you don't know about. They went through times where they were burying their head in the pillow and crying because nobody was there to encourage them. And you didn't see that. There were times where they wanted to cuss somebody out and slap them upside the head, but they didn't. They got in their car, they bit their tongue, and they said, God, help me. You didn't see that. When you see somebody that's in that place, rest assured, they went through something to get there. 
Things like this don't come easy. Promotion just doesn't automatically happen. Why did God choose Moses? It says in Numbers 12, 7, Moses is my most faithful, reliable, proving trustworthy servant. I put him in charge of all of my people. There's no shortcuts to godly promotion. If there was, I would be the first person to find it, and I would tell you exactly how to get it, okay? If there was any shortcut to promotion, I would be the one to find it, and there's not. I've looked. I've spent a lot of time looking, and there's no shortcuts. I wish there was. Notice it says proving trustworthy. Proving trustworthy doesn't happen overnight. I wish it did. Listen, I think I'm ready, okay? I'm ready for more. I want more promotion, God. Please bless me with more. I think I'm ready, but have I proven myself trustworthy? I've learned something very interesting in life, and that is this. The position does not make the person succeed. The person, I believe, makes the position succeed. In other words, we all want the position. I want to be able to do this. I want to be needed here. I want to be asked to help out over here. I want to be given this. We want the position, but listen, if you can't make the position you have now a success, you will never make the higher position a success. Let me prove this point to you. There's the position in our country called the President of the United States of America. That position has been taken by different people over the past century, longer than that. I don't know, I'm not a history person. A long time, okay? Anyway, <laughs> but it seems like it, no matter who gets there, that person can either succeed in that position or they can destroy that position. It's the same position. The position hasn't changed. It's still President of the United States. But depending on who takes the position determines on whether or not it's a success. So what I'm saying is, if you can't make the position you have now a success, if you can't grow and get promoted where you are now, you will not be able to make it if God gave you what it is you want today. You'd fall over just like that Chinese bamboo without any root system underneath. Joseph in the Old Testament, he was um, given a dream that he'd be promoted. God gave him a vision that he was going to be promoted to such a great position of authority that even his siblings were going to bow down to him. I've had that dream in my life a few times, and I've yet to see that take place. But anyway, so Joseph had this dream. His brother and sisters, and they're all going to bow down to him. And so he told his brothers about the dream, and they despised him, and they sold him into slavery, okay? Here he knew that he was anointed to be in a great position of leadership, but now he's a slave. And he could have thought, as a slave, man, I'm a slack off. I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to. I'm tired of this. I can't believe God's not watching. How could God allow me to be in this low position of authority? And in Genesis 39, 4, the Bible says his master made Joseph supervisor of his house and put him in charge of everything he owned. Joseph had excellence and integrity, and he used his gift of organization as a slave. As, listen, so far, every one of us have more than Joseph had right? Nobody in here is a slave. Nobody in here is that low on the totem pole, yet he made himself, he got to a place of promotion as a slave. Man, if you can be promoted as a slave, then I'm telling you, you can be promoted in any position you get put in. So he got accused of a crime he didn't commit, now he's thrown in jail. I don't know what's worse, being in jail or being a slave. But in Genesis 39 verse 22, the warden of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and everything in the jail. Promotion again. In charge. Why does this scripture keep saying in charge, in charge, in charge? Because he was faithful with little and he was put in charge of much. 
You know the story, when he was in prison, he used his gift of interpreting dreams. Somebody heard about him. Let me tell you, wherever you're at right now, use excellence, use your gift, be faithful with little, and if God wants to, he can go all the way to the prison to find you. If it's your time to be promoted, I don't care where you're at, what's going on in your life, you can be in the jungles of Africa. God will find you and scoop you up and put you where you're supposed to be if it's time for you to be there. In verse uh, 40 of chapter 41 in Genesis, Pharaoh said this, I'm going to put you in charge of my whole country and everybody's going to obey your orders. Promotion, 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 promotion. None of that happened because somebody liked him. None of that happened because he just found favor with somebody that, he, that, that, was, that was around him, one of his, one of his bosses. Nobody put, he did not get promoted because he was the most talented person in the world and he just had this whole popularity of you know a gift that everyone flocked to no it happened because he was faithful with the little things that he was already asked to do and we're never going to be trusted with much if we can't be faithful with little a lot of people say this well after i get in that position then i'll be faithful after i get there then i'll do a good job then i'll have a good attitude then i'll be excellent hey that's unbiblical and you will never get there ever, 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 ever without first being faithful with what God's already trusted you with. The road of greatness always starts with the road of smallness. If you're here today and you feel like you are on the road of smallness, you're on the road of smallness in your marriage, you're on the road of smallness in high school, you're on the road of smallness at your job, you're on the road of smallness in ministry, you're on the road of smallness in finances, you're on the road of smallness in relationships. If you feel like today you're on the road of smallness, thank you, Jesus, we're on that road because the road of smallness always gives way to the road of greatness. It always starts small. And if I ask you today, how long are you going to be on the road of smallness? Your answer should be this, as long as it takes to get me to the road of greatness. Not, well, I hope I'm only there for another day, or I can't stand this road, I'm going to get off this road. No, your attitude should be, I'm going to stay on this road. I don't care if it takes 10 years, 20 years, I'm going to stay on this road until I make it to my road of greatness. There's a movie that I, I like um, called Evan Almighty. And in the movie, there's a, a phrase that he says. And he says, um, if somebody asks God for patience, if somebody prays for patience, does God just give them patience or does he put them in a place where they have to apply patience to their life? Okay, let me, let me, I didn't word it exactly right, but let me word it now for today's sermon. When you and I pray for promotion, does God just give us promotion? Or does he put us in a place of smallness to see if we'll be faithful with the little we've already been entrusted with so that then he can bring us the great that he wants us to have? It says in 1 Corinthians 4.2, it's required of God's servants that they be faithful, reliable, proving trustworthy. Proving trustworthy. <clears throat> I'm closing, but I, I want to tell you, in my own personal life, God has blessed me very, very much. I don't deserve any of it. Blessed me tremendously. I believe in my heart, <clears throat> it's not because of my talent or my incredibly good looks. I believe the reason is I believe the reason is, is before I started pastoring, I spent 18 years of my life serving other pastors. 
and I would, um, I would, I was in their music department. I would grow their church's music department and train worship leaders and things like that. And I think that God's blessed me in ministry now and given me great friends and great leaders because I spent all those years doing that for other pastors. However, when I look back, there are a few times that I can remember specifically. I'm even embarrassed to say it. There are times where a pastor would ask me to do something and I had a better way. So I did it my way. Or they would um, require something of me and I would kind of slack off. Now, not a lot, not a lot, but I remember a, a few specific times here and there where I just always thought I knew more, I knew better, my way was best. If I had known one day that God was going to call me to pastor, if I had known one day that I was going to start my own church, let me tell you, if I could go back in time, I would be more reliable, more honorable, more proving trustworthy in those little things. I did good, but there were a few times where I really messed up. Now, saying that, I believe that God has promotion for y'all in ways that many of you hadn't even imagined. One of the gifts I believe God's given me is when I talk to somebody and meet them, I can see the potential inside of them immediately. I mean, I, I just, I almost want to cry sometimes when I'm with somebody because I see how much God wants to use them and what he wants to do in their life. And I think, oh, if you could just submit this one area, if you could just humble yourself in this one area, your whole life would change. I believe God wants to do great things in your life. So right now, you may be in that place where I was at, the small area. And you may think you know better than your boss, because we all think we do, I'm sure, in some area. You may think that you don't have much right now. You may think God hasn't blessed you with much. Wherever you're at right now, trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me, hear me. God wants to do big, big things in your future that you hadn't even imagined. But you got to be faithful with what you've been given right now. If there's anybody in my life that I know that... <clears throat> that deserves to be shot up 80 feet is Pastor Pam. Pastor Pam has spent decades, decades serving other pastors, decades. And she was always an assistant pastor or an associate pastor. That was her whole life. One day with all my heart, I know God's going to shoot her up in her own ministry. I know it. I hope it's not until I'm like 80 or 90 years old, but I know it's going to happen one day. When it does, it's not going to be because of just all of a sudden overnight, God called her and she's going to step out and it's not going to be like, it's going to be because of decades, decades of serving others. The best thing you can do right now is serve God with the little you've already been given. Last point, don't confuse little with insignificant. Those are two totally separate things. Little is not insignificant. Little is the seed that God uses for the bamboo to go 80 feet in the air Little is some of the most important things you can possibly be faithful with. How many other people, I wonder, were in the same circumstance as David or Joseph, Pastor Pam or me or whatever? How many people were in that place where they had the minimum wage job, they'd been asked to just serve in a little area at church, they'd been trusted with a little bit of income? How many people did God go through all over the world. Listen, when God searches, he searches every heart of man. It's in the Bible. Every, in fact, the Bible says when he chose Moses, the Bible says God searched the heart of every man on planet earth and found Moses to be the most humble servant. God searched and said, I need somebody to kill a giant. I need somebody to put in charge of Egypt to be Pharaoh's right-hand man. He didn't even choose an Egyptian. <laughs> God went so far out of the way into the prison cell because that man was the one that was faithful with little. And listen, 
I know, I, I hear y'all, I, I hear people all the time asking, God, well, I know people, they make every excuse in the world to miss church. My big toe hurts or my child coughed. Man, when your child coughs, listen, your child could be, head be spinning around backwards, but if it's a school day, they're going to school, right? But your child coughs, and you're like, we got to miss church. I don't know if we're going to make it. Did you cough, or was that a sneeze? You know, I know people, they find every excuse to be unfaithful, every excuse to be unreliable, every excuse to, that they're not being proven trustworthy, and then they come and they say, God, how come you don't bless me with much? He wants to. <laughs> it's his plan but we have to be faithful with the little. Amen.